Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena, and I am so excited that you're tuning into this episode. In segment one, What's Happening Now, the focus is on two major humanitarian crises, the one at our southern border and the one in Sudan. Contact your congresspeople and get engaged. In segment two, self-care, it's all about crafting the best environment that is conducive to your own peace and serenity. We all need a rider. In segment three, Black Excellence, the spotlight is on slutty vegan founder, Pinky Cole. I can't wait to try one of those burgers. Finally, in segment four, the biz corner, let's identify what type of entrepreneur you are. I'll share four types I think there are and outline what those traits look like. No friend host on this episode, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? Hey, hey, hey. So usually I have so many things to talk about when it's time to record the podcast. Many things have usually gone down in the world in different arenas. It's nothing for me to choose topics that I think are beneficial to you guys and share my thoughts. Well, I've been on a news break as of late for self-care. Sometimes you just have to block out things that drain you of energy. And let's face it, our news cycle is just that. Then there isn't much happening in pop culture. So it's like, what do I even share, right? So, well, there are two things that I've been keeping my eye on, even if I haven't been watching these stories closely enough to give this timeline specifics and gory details. But there are these two stories I definitely think we need to keep our eyes on. The first is the ongoing humanitarian crisis that is happening at our southern border, thanks to this evil Trump administration's policies on detention and basically torturing the migrant community. The news cycle has been filled with stories related to the children not being treated humanely. They've been denied toothbrushes, toothpaste, soap, and beds. They're cold, hungry, dirty, and getting sick because our government chooses to not see them as humans or even see them as children, man. A father and daughter 
um, were, died on their way to our country seeking help. Their bodies found washed up on shore and photographed, which is now circling um, the media. You know, and they were, they attempted to come through through a port of entry, but Trump has this policy where they arbitrarily closed ports of entry. So they went back across and they tried to come across the river and uh, it just did not work out well for them, unfortunately. So our government's evil policies obviously resulted in the death of a father and his young child. Our country has a history of cruelty to non-white communities, the slaughter of indigenous people of this land, enslaved Africans, free black people in Jim Crow South and Japanese who were interned, just to name a few of the groups who've been on the receiving end of the evil acts. We all need to pay attention to what's happening at the border. Raise our voices, raise hell, make sure our Congress people know we do not support the inhumane treatment of migrants by the U.S. government. We need to support organizations like Racists who are working to provide legal representation to the migrant people seeking asylum. Please, folks, please, 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 I beg you, support, march, call your Congress people, and push for change. We do not want to sit around and watch these concentration camps become something even more sinister. If we remain silent, things will continue to worsen. I ask that you just see their humanity and understand their strife, fight for them because you can, and it's the right thing to do. Another thing I've been keeping my eye on is what's happening in Sudan. You may have noticed some people have turned their profile pictures on social media blue. I did the same in support of Sudan. They also their dictator of 30 years earlier this year, installing the military in the interim while they organized themselves to set up a democratic government system. Well, the military has been pushing back and forcing the citizens to make the change now and protests have erupted, which have resulted in people being raped and murdered by militia, uh, militiamen of the interim military government. They've hired, I believe they're called the Janjawi people to come in and help them enforce their very cruel acts of, you know, busting up protests. It's insane. So keep your eyes on Sudan. Support organizations on the ground doing the work. Call your Congress people again. Seriously, folks, we got to be engaged. We have to be engaged. I know a lot of the people in this podcast are probably entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial in spirit, but I want us, when I think about the Beautifully Complicated podcast, it really is about the whole entrepreneur. And we're not just active in the business community, we're active in our communities, period. So I really, really, really beg you to call your Congress people, right? I'll even link an article from Fast Company in the show notes with things you can do to help the people of Sudan in these trying times. There is something else that did happen this week, and uh, I want to talk about it. So it's going to be very brief, but uh, we've had the Democratic debates that happened uh, um, over two nights, Wednesday night and Thursday night on MSNBC or NBC or whatever your station you chose to watch it on. And uh, we looked at... I believe there were 20 candidates across the two the two nights, 10 candidates each night that spoke and debated different topics. Now, there are, it's a very, very big field, right? So we don't get a lot of time to hear anybody's thoughts or opinions on certain topics. But there was a lot that was still said in those 45 seconds that each of them got to answer or respond to um, different questions. 
on various topics. And I, I came away after the two nights with this feeling that, okay, first of all, Kamala Harris eviscerated, eviscerated. Seriously, she literally walked all over uh, Vice President Joe Biden in her uh, in her attack. I guess you could say I don't think it's really an attack. I think it's more so in her asking him to clarify his thoughts and opinions about busing and the impact that it could have had on many students like herself who was bused um, in the eighties to her school and his and see where he took his stand at based off what his voting record was back then when he was in Congress and uh, how he supported not pushing the Department of Education to uh, legislate uh, by way of forcing states to bus allow busing at schools across the country to help with integration. Uh, basically, he sided with the segregationists and she attacked, she definitely did um, push back on that and asked him to clarify and provide some more context around it, which he could not do. He basically stumbled all over the place. But one thing he did do is basically say, well, states' rights. He literally just aligned himself with states' rights, which is absolutely insane. When there are some things that you cannot leave in the hands of the states because there are some states who are ran by people who have very deep ideological ideals that are uh, harmful to large communities within their states. And uh, we've seen that the reason why we had to have Brown versus Board of Education, the reason why we had to have a Civil Rights Act and a Voting Rights Act were because so many of our states, especially the Southern states, states then refuse to do the basic things like see black people as full humans and give them full rights under the constitution and allow them to be seen as active citizens of this country. So siding with states' rights over federal law and um, pushing from the way of the federal government to implement change into our communities and to disrupt the uh, systemic and institutionalized racism that we have it was fascinating. And uh, I think that she definitely blocked him into a corner and made him look very weak in that area. And so I thought that was absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal approach by Kamala Harris and Senator Harris. And uh, even though I, I struggle with some of her policies or her thoughts or her past really about in in her prosecutorial work and her time as an attorney general of California, there are a lot of good things she has done and she has some good ideas and she is an attack dog like I've never seen. And so um, it's just going to be fun to watch over the next few months um, in debates. Uh, Elizabeth Warren also was very, very strong, very solid. She was uh, she literally had no problem, problem getting her thoughts across and her policies. And when she discussed any of answered any of the questions that were posed to her, she was flawless in really not just answering the question, but providing policy around it and how it can impact the American communities. And so I thought that was really cool. Uh, Cory Booker did a good job, as well as Julian Castro. So we had some very strong showings in the debates the first two nights, and I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. Uh, we obviously have a very deep bench of talent and people who are very thoughtful and uh, are actually, I believe, strong candidates to um, do a great job in 
moving that country forward and taking us to a better place, uh, especially after this Trump administration ends in 2021. <laughs> I'll keep our fingers crossed that he leaves the White House in January 2021 and we get a new Democratic president stepping in. So that's a great thing. And I really want to talk about that. Okay, so in business news, um, Kim Kardashian West, she's under fire for cultural appropriation again. This time, she announced the launch of her new shapewear brand, Kimono Body, with a name she trademarked. Yes, she trademarked Kimono. And because the internet is the internet, the internet went bananas. <laughs> the accusations of cultural appropriation follow the Kardashian and Jenna girls often because they find themselves capitalizing off of other cultures often. <laughs> I basically believe they are, they try to do that. That's what they do. That's their thing. So kimonos are a traditional Japanese dress with a long storied history that is sacred to the Japanese community. Obviously, because of that, many Japanese expressed a disgust an outrage to Kim's launch. Now, here's the thing. The shapewear she's providing can fit her image easily because it does align with her overall brand and fashion and style, love it or hate it. Her claim to uh, to never finding her skin tone is a stretch, since her skin tone should be easily found. Mine, not so much. But choosing a name to brand it after traditional cultural garment is tacky, to say the least. And it's absolutely cultural appropriation. Kim should have been a bit more sensitive to that, even though I'm sure she chose it as a play on her own name. It wasn't a smart move. I think it was very foolish. And yeah, I mean, obviously it got what she probably wanted was to have the stir, to have that provocativeness out there where it will gain the attention of people and kind of put the brand out. But I think she is she's Kim Kardashian West. She has a super large, ridiculous following. Whatever she posts, her followers who identify with her will buy it. And she doesn't have to play these type of games. So if this was uh, a part of a PR strategy or a marketing strategy that thought, you know, if we do something provocative with the name, people will definitely latch on to it because there's going to be conversation around. I think that was lazy. I don't think that was the way to go because she doesn't need that. She has a large brand all by itself and just her putting something out in her brand that aligns with her brand as shapewear because she wears bodycon dresses all a lot you know, and very tight things. And so people will understand why she would go with shapewear as something to sell. She didn't need to go this route. She did not need that name. Um, she did not need to use kimono. There were other things she could have done if she wanted to play her name, but I just think that was very, very tacky. So listen, Kim, hire a better brand team that's diverse. It can offer up some better ideas that it that won't link you to cultural appropriation. It's literally that simple, sweetheart. In other news, you may have noticed there's a new piece added to the podcast in the moment. So in the moment, our bonus clips that are quick thoughts and ideas I want to share with the beautifully complicated podcast family. It even comes with its own music, which I love. 
It's very jazzy and breezy. I kind of like it. Kind of hip hop. Kind of. It's just got a nice little urban feel. I love it. I'm excited about this new edition. And I hope you guys like it. I find that we're all super busy. And sometimes a quick little bite of something can be just as satiating as a full meal. So when I'm not recording the half hour long show, I'll have these small bites of thoughts I can and will share in that moment. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, and we're coming up on the 40th episode of Beautifully Complicated Podcast. And I'm thinking of doing a little bit of rebranding, rebranding the graphic for it. I think it's time for a refresh. So stay tuned for that. And I think I may even do a little switch up on the music as well, because again, I love what I did, what I found for the In The Moment clip. Uh, I love that music. So I want to, I want to kind of do something along those lines, not that same music, but um, come up with some audio that's kind of, you know, that's still that urban vibe. I want to do something different. So, you know, sometimes a refresh is necessary to keep things vibrant and current. Nothing would change with the content though. So it'd be the same four segments that you know and love, but we're going to do a little brand changing. So stay tuned to that. Segment two, self-care. Listen, we all always hear about celebrities who have these lists of must-haves for when they're traveling for concerts or interviews. The dressing room or hotel have to have certain flowers, candy, foods, lighting, etc. Many people mock it. I know I used to until this past week when I really began to understand how important your environment is and how you have to set the mood and protect it at all counts. So I'm a scent person. I burn candles. I have an insane amount of plugins all around my apartment. I am sensitive to smells and love having an environment that smells really good. So a few weeks ago, I went out on a limb and bought an aromatherapy mister and some oils. And since then, I have been in heaven. A little peppermint oil some mornings, orange or eucalyptus during the day at times, and lavender in the evenings when I feel restless. Baby, my life is forever changed. Talk about a shift. So peppermint really wakes me up. Eucalyptus helps me feel focused. And lavender just mellows me out. I realized I can set the mood I want in my environment by infusing certain scents in to give me the vibe I want. Think about how that can also help you. Is your environment conducive to gaining peace, clarity, focus, or relaxation? Beyond sense, let's think about how our place looks, right? So what is the aesthetic of the environment that is conducive to speaking to your internal and eternal vibe? Some people love light colors, other like vibrant and bold some like more tranquil and serene colors i'm one of those earth tone types of girls with the pop of color or metallic i like something that's very earthy so my apartment has lots of browns and oranges in it well at least in my living room and plenty of plants i love nature and i had to bring a bit of that inside whenever i'm visiting guys i'm dating one of the first things i always will point out is that they need plants that sets such a mood for me of tranquility and peace. Don't know what it is, but it's important to me and I have more than my fair share of plants. My bedroom, however, it's purple and gray. I love purple. It's my favorite color, but the deepness of the purple, 
I have, it gives me that tranquil and peaceful serenity that I need when I'm ready to turn it in. Again, the environment sets the mood. And then let's talk about balance and cleanliness. So many of us are able to focus better when things are tidy around us and even balanced in its place. A little feng shui. I think there actually is something to it. When looking at your environment, think about if it's conducive to maintaining the vibe or mood you're aiming to have. The sounds of your environment. If you're like me and live in a city, you hear the hustle and bustle of everyday life whizzing past all the time. People, cars, horns, dogs barking, sirens, you name it, it's blaring loudly. This can create a high stress situation, literally can put us in an anxious state for prolonged periods of time without us even recognizing it. One thing I've started to implore is turning off the TV, which is just another noisemaker, and putting on some good soft music, instrumentals, or sounds of nature as my escape. Oh, then, you know, I have Apple TV, so it's cool that the screensaver it displays when it's in standby mode or all these pictures of nature and cityscapes. So I just kind of let that cycle through, listen to my good music and just vibe out. Speaking of sounds, when I'm not home or just when I want something to inspire or motivate me, I turn off the music and I turn on podcasts like this one. (laughs) I have curated a list of podcasters who are entrepreneurs who care about things I'm interested in and are similar to me. I'm sure that a lot of you have done the same thing. And I hope that you guys have me as one of your podcasters that you listen to often. I've curated an environment that that fits my truest self and it speaks to my soul. I found this has been more fulfilling, honestly, and have pushed me to do the work and walk in my purpose more than anything else. I'm becoming more and more cognizant of my environment and the role it plays in purposeful, intentional, peaceful living. I I never really thought so intensely about this before. I just existed and did whatever. But now that I'm more mindful of my space, whether it's at home, in the car, on a plane, in a hotel room, wherever, I'm learning what my environment has to look and feel like to help me maintain my peace, clarity, and my motivation. I get the celeb writers now. I feel like I need to write on my own just for me to remind myself what I need to help me be balanced, to be at peace, and, you know, be even more creative, setting the mood in my environment to fit me. You should do the same. Write up your writer, your list of must-haves for your environment to make it suitable for you. Create that space for yourself at home and figure out how to make it work when you're away from home. Creating and protecting your environment is a major important part of self-care. I am so thankful to God for reminding me of that. Segment 3. Black excellence. Okay, so I'm a vegan. I'm plant-based in my diet. I consume no animal anything. With that being said, I've been visiting Atlanta a lot more lately because of this guy I'm seeing. And there is a one vegan spot that I've not had a chance to try yet because the lines are insanely long. 
but I would definitely make it a priority anyway to hit it in my next visit. And that is Slutty Vegan. You may have heard of this vegan burger joint started by a black woman in Atlanta that has catapulted into Instagram fame, landing her a ridiculous following and insane lines daily. And when I was in Atlanta back in February, we went down to the restaurant and literally it was like an hour before opening and the line was already wrapped around the building. So I was like, yeah, mm, nah, because it was kind of drizzly too. Anyway, I want to spotlight the founder and tell you a little more about her story and compel you to try out her spot the next time you are in Atlanta. I did a little research, so let me tell you about this business phenom. Pinky Cole is the founder and vegan powerhouse behind Slutty Vegan. Pinky has entrepreneurship in her DNA. Like so many of us from childhood, she was dabbling in business, finding new ways to hustle and make money. She's been hustling from the start. She was flipping McDonald's chicken sandwiches by buying them for a dollar, then turning around and selling them for $2 for her high school classmates, selling out every single day and using her popularity and selling skills to promote parties, making herself thousands of dollars a week. At the young age of 16, she showed herself to be tenacious and a go-getter from the jump. After graduating from Clark Atlanta, she landed a gig on Maury, working her way up to producer, saving the money that she was making. She used those earnings to start a Jamaican restaurant in New York City. After fire destroyed that business, she took some time to recuperate, recuperate and kind of find her center again, something that we all normally would try to do. And she ended up landing a job on Iyala's Fix My Life, which moved her to Atlanta. She reset and she stepped back into her flow. One night, she was craving some vegan junk food and realized the options weren't that great in Atlanta, and Slutty Vegan was born. She linked up with a vegan uh, Instagram influencer friend with an IG post. She found herself selling 100 burgers at a single event. From there, a brand was born. The rest, you can say, is history. Or should we say her story? January 2019, Slutty Vegan opened as a restaurant in Atlanta and has been uh, seeing long lines ever since, earning her much recognition for those Slutty Burgers. Pinky Cole is a phenom in business with a knack for creating what is wanted at the right time in the right place. I can't wait to finally get one of those burgers and see this business thrive and grow into more locations. So make sure you check out Slutty Vegan the next time you're in Atlanta. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy a good plant-based burger. Segment four, the biz corner. A few days ago, I was putting away my latest finds from Target and God gave me a revelation. I am a visionary, not an executioner, not a doer. I'm great at casting visions and even building out strategies, but I was not designed to do the work to see it come into fruition. I do do it, but that's because I have to, right? But what God was giving me a revelation to was understanding what I am. And that's the first step. Acknowledging that I need people who are the doers in the second step. And hiring those doers is the third step. On the road to success in life, whatever that looks like for you, it's important to understand who you are and what you are. So I'm talking to my fellow entrepreneurs 
And those looking to move into that space in any capacity, part-time or full-time, it's important to understand what you are. I did a little meditating on this so I can share with you guys what is truly beneficial and will help you see yourself more clearly. And so what I got out of it is that there are basically four types of entrepreneurs, the visionary, the driver, the creative, and the doer or the executioner. I'm going to break these down a bit to help you guys get a better idea of where you may fit in. Now, this is a way to find out your truest self, not who you are forced to be, because you're going to it, you're going at it alone right now. And of course, we all have a sprinkling of the other three within, but it's more so about which is our dominant trait. So let's find yours, shall we? First up is the visionary. Now, this is me. I am and I've always been a visionary. A visionary is someone who sees what can be in the future. They envision thoughts and ideas that can materialize into something that is beneficial. So me, I am a visionary. This is something I have been my entire life. Mine goes very deep, like spiritually deep, but that's a topic for another day. One thing I'm great at, though, is seeing what can be and getting excited to share that idea with others. We can see a business in just about anything. We get all these new ideas and ventures and even can develop strategies to make them be. I have a new business idea literally probably almost every day, it feels like. I can see things in something that other people just can't see as a visionary and I'll convince others that it's viable. I see where we can take something three years or five years out and cast that vision easily. I see the end result. I can create the strategy to get there. Don't ask me to do the work because that's where it falls apart for me. Not because I don't want to, but because I lose interest in it and flutter over to a new vision or idea that just hit me. Now, I do execute at the moment on some of the visions I have. Not all, but because seriously, who has the time or the energy? But I could do better. I could have more out sooner if I had the tenacity of a doer. So what I understand as a visionary and something to note for my fellow visionaries is we need people to take our vision and make it tangible. Hire help to help you. I like to say now that I am truly a CEO, not just in title, but I fit the bill in style. I'm a vision caster. That's what a CEO is. And I can create the strategy. But I recognize now since God gave me revelation that it's important for me to have a team to make it happen. I need a COO and more. My fellow visionaries, so do you. I know I made that entrepreneurial type incredibly personal, but to explain it, I had to explain me. So visionaries, get some doors in your life. The second one is the doer, the executioner. This is the second type of entrepreneur. These entrepreneurs are the ones that make it happen. These are the entrepreneurs who had a great idea and they got to work and made that thing into something by grinding it out without stopping. Hi, can I borrow your gift for like one day? Pretty please. Because child, listen. All right, so the doers are the ones who told you about the idea they had. And next thing you know, you look up and the thing is for sale and they are marketing it all over the place on all platforms. It may not even be perfect, but it's good enough to be out there in the marketplace. Doers jump in on that one great idea and they go all the way in. Whereas the visionary chases many things and struggle to focus on making them into something. I'm telling on myself, but gotta be honest, doers, they execute. 
They get things done. They make it happen. No excuses. Just grind it out and put it out there. The third type of creative or entrepreneur is the creative. The creative reminds me of the visionary, except instead of producing visions all of the time, they're just creating stuff with no focus on getting it a, uh, getting a solid standing in the marketplace to sell. Always creating content, new workbooks, new videos, new items, hardly ever selling. They know they are talented and could put out some great work. They are just not good at casting the vision to see what it can be or putting forth the effort to market and sell what they have. They're constantly producing without selling. It's just a harmful cycle that will leave to be an unknown genius in your space. Personally, I kind of fit in this category too at times. I'll find myself creating stuff and never really sharing it as I originally intended. But we got to get out of that, especially my creative entrepreneurs. You've got to get out of that mindset, that mentality that you just create, 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 and someone's going to just magically find you. You have to do the complete follow through and see what it can be and market it as that and put it out there in the marketplace so people can purchase your whatever it is that you're selling or identify with you or find you or whatever. You've got to put yourself out there. You got to continue just taking that thread all the way through the needle and just taking it because you got something great, obviously. It's just get it to the marketplace. That's the piece where I see creatives kind of fall off and they just create, 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 create. And they're not putting it into a solid platform where it's tangible and it can make something for them. Finally, the fourth type of entrepreneur is the driver. This person is always driving for results. They have goals and numbers in mind, and they're pushing everything and everyone around them to make them happen. They may not have a clear strategy, but they know they have a metric to meet and will make some stuff work to meet those metrics. Now, drivers do get things done as they are focused on a single outcome. However, it may not be the most creative thing or even have much clarity in what it is. They do well to empower those around them to get the results they want. But I don't see drivers as being long-term vision casters, but more so short-term goal meters. They can create a goal and hit that goal. They create another and drive to hit that one too. This isn't a bad thing at all. I think this mentality works for those who um, who have this as a dominant trait as they can eventually get to hitting the big, the big ultimate goal, that which may not have been envisioned by them. I know quite a few drivers who set a goal for themselves and make it happen by any means necessary. Want to get a certain car or buy that house. They do what they have to do to make it happen. Want to get a thousand Instagram followers by the end of the month. They do whatever to get there. It may not be a full strategy, but they make it happen. I think they need visionaries and creatives though in their lives to get more of a focused approach and solid content and they can meet bigger goals quicker. But all in all, they are closely aligned with the doer or the executioner. It's time you do some homework. I can't leave you guys with nothing to do. Now, come on now. So it's time you level set and figure out what kind of entrepreneur personality dominates in your life. The visionary, the doer, the creative, or the driver. So I have a free download linked in the show notes that you can use to identify what you are and list out what you're great at and what you're not so great at. Once you know, you have an idea of what kind of person you uh, you are and who you need to surround yourself with or what areas you can strengthen to get through until you can afford to hire a team. 
Because this is a major topic, I think I'll explore this one more deeply in the next episode and talk about what these types need to succeed and thrive. So stay tuned for that. But make sure you go to my website, sheenahunt.com, and you can go to the podcast page. And I have on the Beautifully Complicated Podcast podcast page a link or a button where you can actually download the What's My Type worksheet. Well, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in to episode 39, Knowing Your Type is Complicated. Not in dating, your entrepreneurial type that is. Just a brief, re- uh, brief recap of what went down in this episode. In segment one, what's happening now, I covered the crises at the southern border and in Sudan. Please, please, please be an engaged citizen. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you are. Contact your Congress people. Raise hell to these people. We cannot be complacent. We must act. In segment two, self-care, I talked about the importance of your environment and how to think differently about the space you occupy, which can't just go along with whatever. Our peace is linked to the environment that surrounds us. We got to get diva-ish about it and make sure we set up the environment that is conducive to our needs. In segment three, Black Excellence, I shed light on restaurateur Pinky Cole and her phenom of a business, Slutty Vegan. You may not be vegan, but you can still go and enjoy one of her burgers. In segment four, the biz corner, the focus was on knowing your entrepreneurial type. Are you a visionary or a creative, a driver or a doer? Know yourself better and set up the resources you need to surround yourself with to thrive. Don't forget to download the Getting to Know You or Know Your Type worksheet to help identify your entrepreneurial type from my website, www.sheenahunt.com, and the link will be in the show notes. If you haven't already, make sure you like the Beautifully Complicated podcast page on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Follow me, Sheena, your host, on Instagram and Twitter at SheenaD1, that's S-H-E-E-N-A-D and the number one or you can check out my website sheenahunt.com like the show rate it and subscribe and share with family and friends make sure you continue the conversation from the show on our page or with those around you i personally look absolutely forward to hearing from you guys stay connected stay fabulous and always remember the best life is beautifully complicated A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.